Chapter Five of Three Years by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Five. The Laptovs had a wholesale business in Moscow, dealing in fancy goods, fringe, tape, trimmings, crochet cotton, buttons, and so on. The gross receipts reached two millions a year. What the net profit was, no one knew but the old father. The sons and the clerks estimated the profits at approximately three hundred thousand, and said that it would have been a hundred thousand more if the old man had not been too free-handed, that is, had not allowed credit indiscriminately. In the last ten years alone, the bad debts had mounted up to the sum of a million, and when the subject was referred to, the senior clerk would wink slyly and deliver himself of sentences the meaning of which was not clear to everyone the psychological sequences of the age their chief commercial operations were conducted in the town market in a building which was called the warehouse the entrance to the warehouse was in the yard where it was always dark and smelt of matting and where the dray horses were always stamping their hoofs on the asphalt a very humble-looking door studded with iron led from the yard into a room with walls discoloured by damp and scrawled over with charcoal lighted up by a narrow window covered by an iron grating then on the left was another room larger and cleaner with an iron stove and a couple of chairs though it too had a prison window this was the office and from it a narrow stone staircase led up to the second story where the principal room was this was rather a large room but owing to the perpetual darkness the low-pitched ceiling the piles of boxes and bales and the numbers of men that kept flitting to and fro in it it made as unpleasant an impression on a newcomer as the others in the offices on the top story the goods lay in bales in bundles and in cardboard boxes on the shelves there was no order nor neatness in the arrangement of it and if crimson threads tassels ends of fringe had not peeped out here and there from holes in the paper parcels no one could have guessed what was being bought and sold here and looking at these crumpled paper parcels and boxes no one would have believed that a million was being made out of such trash and that fifty men were employed every day in this warehouse not counting the buyers when at midday on the day after his arrival at moscow laptov went into the warehouse the workmen packing the goods were hammering so loudly that in the outer room in the office no one heard him come in a postman he knew was coming down the stairs with a bundle of letters in his hand he was wincing at the noise and he did not notice laptov either the first person to meet him upstairs was his brother fyodor fyodorovitch who was so like him that they passed for twins this resemblance always reminded laptov of his own personal appearance and now seeing before him a short red-faced man with rather thin hair with narrow plebeian hips looking so uninteresting and so unintellectual he asked himself can i really look like that how glad i am to see you said fyodor kissing his brother and pressing his hand warmly i have been impatiently looking forward to seeing you every day my dear fellow when you wrote that you were getting married i was tormented with curiosity and i missed you too brother only fancy it's six months since we saw each other well how goes it nina's very bad awfully bad awfully bad it's in god's hand sighed fyodor well what of your wife she's a beauty no doubt 
I love her already. Of course, she is my little sister now. We'll make much of her between us. Laptov saw the broad bent back so familiar to him of his father, Fyodor Stepanovitch. The old man was sitting on a stool near the counter talking to a customer. Father, God has sent us joy, cried Fyodor. Brother has come. Fyodor Stepanovitch was a tall man of exceptionally powerful build, so that in spite of his wrinkles and eighty years he still looked a hale and vigorous man. He spoke in a deep, rich, sonorous voice that resounded from his broad chest as from a barrel. He wore no beard but a short-clipped military moustache and smoked cigars. As he was always too hot, he used all the year round to wear a canvas coat at home and at the warehouse. He had lately had an operation for cataract. His sight was bad, and he did nothing in the business but talk to the customers and have tea and jam with them. Laptop bent down and kissed his head and then his lips. It's a good long time since we saw you, honored sir, said the old man, and a good long time. Well, am I to congratulate you on entering the state of holy matrimony? Very well, then, I congratulate you. And he put his lips out to be kissed. Laptop bent down and kissed him. Well, have you brought your young lady, the old man asked, and without waiting for an answer, he said, addressing the customer, herewith I beg to inform you, father, that I'm going to marry such and such a young lady. Yes, but as for asking for his father's counsel or blessing, that's not in the rules nowadays. Now they go their own way. When I married, I was over forty, but I went on my knees to my father and asked his advice. Nowadays we've none of that. The old man was delighted to see his son, but thought it unseemly to show his affection or make any display of his joy. His voice and his manner of saying, your young lady, brought back to Laptov the depression he had always felt in the warehouse. Here every trifling detail reminded him of the past, when he used to be flogged and put on Lenten fare. He knew that even now boys were thrashed and punched in the face till their noses bled, and that when those boys grew up, they would beat others. And before he had been five minutes in the warehouse, he always felt as though he were being scolded or punched in the face. Fyodor slapped the customer on the shoulder and said to his brother, Here, Alyosha, I must introduce our Tombov benefactor, Grigory Timofeyitch. He might serve as an example for the young men of the day. He's past his fiftieth birthday, and he has tiny children. The clerks laughed, and the customer, a lean old man with a pale face, laughed too. Nature above the normal capacity, observed the head clerk, who was standing at the counter close by. It always comes out when it's there. The head clerk, a tall man of fifty, in spectacles, with a dark beard, and a pencil behind his ear, usually expressed his ideas vaguely in roundabout hints, while his sly smile betrayed that he attached particular significance to his words. He liked to obscure his utterances with bookish words, which he understood in his own way, and many such words he used in a wrong sense. For instance, the word except. When he had expressed some opinion positively and did not want to be contradicted, he would stretch out his hand and pronounce, except. And what was most astonishing, the customers and the other clerks understood him perfectly. His name was Ivan Vasilich Pochakin, and he came from Kashira. Now, congratulating Laptov, he expressed himself as follows. It's the reward of valor, for the female heart is a strong opponent. Another important person in the warehouse was a clerk called Makayachov, a stout, solid, fair man with whiskers and a perfectly bald head. He went up to Laptov and congratulated him respectfully in a low voice. I had the honor, sir. The Lord has heard your parents' prayer. Thank God. 
then the other clerks began coming up to congratulate him on his marriage they were all fashionably dressed and looked like perfectly well-bred educated men since between every two words they put in a sir their congratulations something like best wishes sir for happiness sir uttered very rapidly in a low voice sounded rather like the hiss of a whip in the air shh, 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 shh. Loptov was soon bored and longing to go home but it was awkward to go away he was obliged to stay at least two hours at the warehouse to keep up appearances he walked away from the counter and began asking makeitchev whether things had gone well while he was away and whether anything new had turned up and the clerk answered him respectfully avoiding his eyes a boy with a cropped head wearing a grey blouse handed loptov a glass of tea without a saucer not long afterwards another boy passing by stumbled over a box and almost fell down and makeitchev's face looked suddenly spiteful and ferocious like a wild beast and he shouted at him keep on your feet the clerks were pleased that their young master was married and had come back at last they looked at him with curiosity and friendly feeling and each one thought it his duty to say something agreeable when he passed them but laptev was convinced that it was not genuine and that they were only flattering him because they were afraid of him he never could forget how fifteen years before a clerk who was mentally deranged had run out into the street with nothing on but his shirt and shaking his fists at the windows shouting that he had been ill-treated and how when the poor fellow had recovered the clerks had jeered at him for long afterwards reminding him how he had called his employers planters instead of exploiters altogether the employees at laptev's had a very poor time of it and this fact was a subject of conversation for the whole market the worst of it was that the old man fyodor stepanovitch maintained something of an asiatic despotism in his attitude to them thus no one knew what wages were paid to the old man's favourites pochachkin and makeitchev they received no more than three thousand a year together with bonuses but he made out that he paid them seven the bonuses were given to all the clerks every year but privately so that the man who got little was bound from vanity to say that he had got more not one boy knew when he would be promoted to be a clerk not one of the men knew whether his employer was satisfied with him or not nothing was directly forbidden and so the clerks never knew what was allowed and what was not they were not forbidden to marry but they did not marry for fear of displeasing their employer and losing their place they were allowed to have friends and pay visits but the gates were shut at nine o'clock and every morning the old man scanned them all suspiciously and tried to detect any smell of vodka about them now then breathe he would say every clerk was obliged to go to early service and to stand in church in such a position that the old man could see them all the fasts were strictly observed on great occasions such as the birthday of their employer or of any member of his family the clerks had to subscribe and present a cake from flays or an album the clerks lived three or four in a room in the lower story and in the lodges of the house in pyotnitsky street and at dinner ate from a common bowl though there was a plate set before each of them if one of the family came into the room while they were at dinner they all stood up laptev was conscious that only perhaps those among them who had been corrupted by the old man's training could seriously regard him as their benefactor the others must have looked on him as an enemy and a planter now after six months absence he saw no change for the better there was indeed something new which boded nothing good his brother fyodor who had always been quiet thoughtful and extremely refined was now running about the warehouse with a pencil behind his ear 
making a show of being very busy and businesslike, slapping customers on the shoulder and shouting friends to the clerks. Apparently he had taken up a new role, and Alexey did not recognize him in the part. The old man's voice boomed unceasingly. Having nothing to do, he was laying down the law to a customer, telling him how he should order his life and his business, always holding himself up as an example. That boastfulness, that aggressive tone of authority, Laptev had heard ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. The old man adored himself. From what he said, it always appeared that he had made his wife and all her relations happy, that he had been munificent to his children, and a benefactor to his clerks and employees, and that everyone in the street and all his acquaintances remembered him in their prayers. Whatever he did was always right, and if things went wrong with people, it was because they did not take his advice without his advice nothing could succeed in church he stood in the foremost place and even made observations to the priests if in his opinion they were not conducting the service properly and believed that this was pleasing god because god loved him at two o'clock everyone in the warehouse was hard at work except the old man who still went on booming in his deep voice to avoid standing idle laptov took some trimmings from a work-girl and let her go then listened to a customer, a merchant from Vologda, and told a clerk to attend to him. TVA resounded on all sides. Prices were denoted by letters in the warehouse and goods by numbers. R.I.T. As he went away, Laptov said goodbye to no one but Fyodor. I shall come to Pyatnitsky Street with my wife tomorrow, he said. But I warn you, if father says a single rude thing to her, I shall not stay there another minute you're the same as ever sighed fyodor marriage has not changed you you must be patient with the old man so till eleven o'clock then we shall expect you impatiently come directly after mass then i don't go to mass that does not matter the great thing is not to be later than eleven so you may be in time to pray to god and to lunch with us give my greetings to my little sister and kiss her hand for me i have a presentiment that i shall like her fyodor added with perfect sincerity i envy you brother he shouted after him as alexey went downstairs and why does he shrink into himself in that shy way as though he fancied he was naked thought laptev as he walked along nikolsky street trying to understand the change that had come over his brother and his language is new too brother dear brother god has sent us joy to pray to god just like yudushka in shedrin End of chapter 5 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine